0: Well, we are in uh, the final day of Advent, and so far we've considered hope and joy and peace and love, and this morning we are considering Christ himself uh, with the words of John chapter 1, uh, verses 1 through 18. Uh, You can find that on page number 1053 of the Pew Bibles. Again, we'll read chapter 1 all the way through verse 18. I still hear some pages leafing, so we'll give it a moment. Hear the word of the Lord. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning and ask that you would take these words and these ideas that we've been singing all morning and you would make them plain to our minds and you would make them dear to our hearts. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, well, at Christmas, uh, we spend a lot of time contemplating a child in a manger. Uh, which is, of course, appropriate uh, to do that, since we are remembering that God sent His own Son uh, to be born among us. But this morning, uh, the Apostle John, who wrote the Gospel of John, he's going to introduce us to the Christ child that was found lying in that manger. Instead of retelling the story of the birth of Christ, John begins his Gospel by introducing us to the person of Christ. And in his introduction, John leaves little doubt who Jesus is and why he came to the earth. And he helps us see that this story is so much more than a sentimental tale about a sweet family who wanted to have a baby but could find no room at the inn. This is a story that makes a declaration about the sinfulness of humanity and the grace and mercy of God. It's a story that wakes us up to the fact that our condition is so dire that only God himself could come and save us. And yet God is so full of love that he was willing to come and save us. It's a story that reminds us that there is a difference between the righteous and the wicked. And that difference has everything to do with whether or not you receive and believe in the name of Jesus Christ. It's a story that ties up all the loose ends from the Old Testament. And then presents us with a simple life of faith lived, trusting in the grace and the mercy offered to us in Jesus Christ through what he has done in our place. And it's a story that begins in the beginning. John writes, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Well, the very first book of the Bible is the book of Genesis, where God tells us how the world came into being. We're told that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the way he did that was by speaking everything into existence. In the very creative act, we're told that God spoke, and it was so. God spoke, and there was light. God spoke, and there was sky. God spoke... And there were water and plants and sun and moon and stars and animals and finally humans. The writer of the Hebrews tells us, By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Because he created all things from nothing. He just spoke his word and then everything came into existence. And now John is letting us know that God's word is a person. He was with God in the beginning and he was God at the beginning. He is God and he's God's companion. (laughs) We don't know how that can be, but it is. There is one God and his word is a person who was God and was with God at the beginning. And he is the one through whom God made all things. And since the word made all things, he's not a thing because he's God. Now, books have been written about this. But this morning, the call is to just wonder at this. To be amazed at the fact that God sent his word His word, who is a person. John continues his introduction of Jesus and we'll skip verses six through eight where he introduces John the Baptist. And he writes, in him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light, which gives light to the everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. So John says, in him was life, which means we cannot have life apart from him. Life is only possible because of him. Life can only continue with him. And if you're not united to him, then you have no hope of life. And he's the light of men. He's the true light. He is the true light because there are many religions and philosophies in this world offering us a path out of darkness. But he is the true life. And he is the true light. Later in the Gospel of John, Jesus will declare that he is the light of the world and whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Because he is the true light. He is the only path out of darkness. If you follow him, you will have light. You will have life. Which means every other light is darkness. Every other path is death. And even though he is true light, there is something so wrong with us that we can't see him. John says, even though the world was made through him. Even though He is God and was with God in the beginning and in Him is life and He is the true light of the world, we are in such darkness that we are incapable of seeing Him. And even His own people, His own people who should have recognized Him, when He came to them, they didn't recognize Him. When John says He came to His own He's referring to how God began to explain himself to the world through the Jewish people long before he sent Jesus into the world. And the entire Old Testament is a a profile of who Jesus is so that when he came, his own people could recognize him. It's like if you met someone on the internet and you went to meet them at a restaurant, you you would know who they were because you had read and understood their profile. The Old Testament is Jesus' profile. And John is saying that even the people that God told about Jesus didn't recognize Him. Which means humans are not just walking in darkness. We're blind. Human beings are so blind that we cannot see the light of the world. In fact, later in John's Gospel, Jesus tells us that not only are we so blind that we cannot see the light, but we actually prefer darkness. Jesus says, and this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. We all hate being found out. We hate getting caught. We hate being exposed. We're ashamed if light shines into our darkness. And people didn't recognize the light of the world because they were blinded by darkness. And they love the darkness. They love it so much because their works are evil. They hate it when light exposes the evil that they love. Can you imagine if you created something and it rejected you? like a man who spends his life building a business and then gets fired as the CEO or voted out as the chairman of the board. How, how crushing. Yet Jesus created us and we rejected him because we preferred the death and darkness of our sin. But in spite of that, Jesus didn't come to condemn us. Right before this verse, Jesus said this For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. You see, even though we're blinded by our sin and we love darkness, Jesus didn't come to give us what we deserve. He didn't come to condemn us in our sin and darkness, but to open our eyes and to show us himself. John goes on to introduce Jesus back in chapter 1 by telling us how that happens. He says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So to receive Jesus is to believe in his name to believe that you are in darkness and that he is the true light who broke through the darkness so that we could see our sin and our guilt and our shame, and at the same time, so that we could see his free offer of grace and forgiveness and life. If we receive him by believing in his name, he gives us the right to become his child. Now, many people will say that every human being is a child of God. Well, that's not true. The right to be a child of God is a privilege. Just like when an orphan is adopted. When a family adopts an orphan, there's still orphans left at the orphanage who are not adopted. It's the same thing here. Only those who receive Christ are given the right to become his child. It's those who believe and receive in Christ who are saved out of their darkness. The right to become a child of God is a privilege that belongs to those who receive Jesus as God, who receive Jesus as life and the true light, who came into the world to free them from their evil deeds of darkness. It's a right that comes not because they're born into a certain bloodline. It doesn't matter if they're a Jew or a Gentile or if we're black or white. No one obtains the right to become a child of God by their own will or the will of another human being. We can't save ourselves. No one else can save us. No, it's a right that is granted to us by the will of God. So Christian, don't take it for granted if this morning it thrills you It thrills you that Jesus saved you from your sins. That is the gift of God to you this Christmas. And then John tells us how the true light came into the world. He says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So the Word of God, who is God, who was with God in the beginning, through whom all things were made, He is the one who became flesh. And this is one of the greatest mysteries we'll ever know. How is it that God, who is infinite and eternal and unchanging, how is it that that God could become flesh, flesh which is always changing, which was created? How can God become a man? John doesn't tell us how it happened. John tells us that it happened. This is the beauty of Christmas, that God became one of us and dwelt among us. That word dwelt is the Greek word eskinosin, and it just means to pitch a tent. Jesus became flesh and pitched his tent with us. When the Israelites were in the desert between Egypt and the Promised Land for 40 years, they slept in tents. And God dwelt among them by pitching his tent with them. He instructed the Israelites to build a tent or a tabernacle out of gold, out of wood, and out of animal skin. And God literally pitched his tent with his people in a glorious cloud resting on the tabernacle that they made for him to worship him And John is telling us that Jesus is the ultimate tabernacle. In Jesus, God himself has come and pitched his tent with sinful humans like us. And John, as well as all the apostles, they saw his glory. And glory is a word that means greatness and beauty. It means significance and power. It means radiance and majesty. And they saw Jesus' glory with their own eyes... Because He is God in the flesh, and His glory is the same glory as you would expect of the only Son from the Father. And here, John introduces us to the relationship within God. The Word who is God, and the Word who was with God in the beginning, is the Son of God. And the God who the Word was with in the beginning is the Father. And because the Son of God became flesh, he, of course, had within himself the same glory that you would expect of God. And notice John calls Jesus the only Son of the Father. Which is interesting because he just got done telling us that we could become a child of God by receiving and believing in Jesus. Now why all of a sudden is he telling us that Jesus is the only Son of the Father? Underneath that word only is a word that could be translated unique. John's John's using a word to specifically show the difference between us and the kind of children we are when we become a child of God and Jesus and the kind of child of God that Jesus is. He is the only unique, eternal, uncreated son of God. Or maybe you remember from the King James Version, It says, the only begotten Son of the Father. That word is meant to communicate that even though we have been given the right to become children of God, God has only one unique Son who shares His glory. And the disciples saw His glory. Full of grace and truth. And John goes on now to explain what it means that Jesus is full of grace and truth. He says, for from his fullness, we have received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. That word fullness means brought to completion. What John is saying here is that Jesus completed what Moses began. God gave the law through Moses and completed what he started through Jesus Christ. So John isn't saying that the law came through Moses and then grace upon grace through Jesus Christ, as if somehow there was no grace before Jesus or that Jesus was doing something different than Moses. What John is saying is that because Jesus completed what Moses started, we now have grace upon grace. We have grace on top of grace. We have the grace and truth of Jesus Christ in addition to the grace of the law that was granted to us through Moses. Moses. And then John concludes his introduction with these words. No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side, He has made Him known. So Jesus is God. He is the Word of God. In Him is life. He is the true light. He was with God at the beginning because He's the Son of God, the only unique Son of God who is at the Father's side. And this is the one who became flesh and pitched his tent among us. And he did that so that we could know what God is like. And so that we could know God personally and intimately and really and truly. And so today is not a day just for sentimental feelings. It's not a story about a nice young family who had to have a baby in a barn because there was no room for them at the inn. It's a story about this wonderful family who were granted the privilege of bringing into the world the only unique son of God, who was willing to be born in a barn because he is so humble. He has all glory and all majesty, and he contrasts that with total humility. And we all must simply receive him by believing in his name, and then we'll be granted the right and the privilege to become a child of God, And when we do that, we're transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We're adopted into his family. And everything changes. And if that happens, it's not because there's anything special with us or about us. It happens because God has given us grace upon grace. He's given us the grace of his law and the grace of his truth, that we might open our eyes to see the glory of his only Son, the true light who's come into the world. May that be our experience this Christmas. Let's pray. Father, we come before you and we recognize that the grand truths that we've just considered in this brief amount of time, we've barely even scratched the surface of them. Yet, each one has stirred our hearts. Each one has caused us to want to fall down before you and worship, that you would save sinners and that you would do so in such a grand and humble way, that you would come to this earth in the person of Jesus Christ, that you would pitch your tent with us, that you would allow us to know your glory. We pray, Father, that we would not be We would not be those who who take it for granted. That we would be those who fall down and worship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.